Welcome to Until It's Gone, a podcast where the conversation ends when the coffee runs out. This podcast is hosted by Cole Hammontree and Nate Morris, two dudes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who love coffee and love Jesus. We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Now, join us over a cup of coffee as we chat until it's gone. Don't be afraid to just get right into it. That's the intimate podcast sound that you hear. Well, after Kyle's been on, I don't know if I want to get too close to this mic. You know, so. Neil Young. Oh, of course I heard about that. Did you hear about that? Yeah, of course. Neil. It was just Neil, interesting. Neil pulled all his music off of Spotify in protest of Joe Rogan. Yes. So he, yes, correct. and then a bunch of other artists were doing the same thing for Joe Rogan. And then Spotify did start pulling Joe Rogan stuff down. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. It's crazy. It's super wild. I saw a video the other day of Joe Rogan talking about, um, we'll probably won't air this part. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, about, uh, he was just like talking about CNN, how like they were like saying stuff about how he's unreliable. He's like, he's like, He's like, no, you're unreliable. He's like, how about you guys actually talk about something that somebody cares about? He's like, when's the last time someone watched your show? He's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, he's like, nobody actually Fire. thinks you guys are thinking with your minds when you're speaking. He's like, you guys are just reading off of crap and saying what you're supposed to say. Right. He's like, if you guys actually talked about things that mattered and debated with people and actually like tried to, tried to have a real conversation, people might actually like to watch what you guys talk about. This is Neil Young to Joe Rogan? No, Joe Rogan to CNN. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he's like, he's like all these dumb, like, he hosts, just let like, him have it. He's like all these hosts, like no one wants to listen to because no one thinks that they're actually speaking their mind. They're just puppets. Mm. So he's like, that's why people like to watch what I watch or what I say, because he's like, I'm not, I'm not filtering out what I'm saying. I'm just saying what I believe. And like, he's right. like, I'm not above making an apology, but like, I'm not trying to deceive anyone or do anything like that. Like I'm just one person w- with a platform, not like a whole news organization with an right. agenda. Mm. So it was really interesting. Yeah. But dude, happy birthday. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. 23. What a guy. 23. I made it. Do you feel 23? No. You feel 22? No. Feel 18? <laughs> Sometimes. I don't I, know. I do. Honestly, <laughs> like, I don't know. It hasn't felt like my birthday, but it's only 8 a.m. You don't know what it feels like to feel like 23. Right. I'll I'll let you know next year. For sure. (laughs) Well, that's that's my thing is like whatever age I'm turning, I always feel the year before. That's valid. It's like turned 22. I feel like I'm 21 now. Yeah. I also feel like I became 18 and then stopped aging. Yeah. I I stopped at 12. See, I'm similar in my growth. Amanda spurt. would agree. It was like 13 and then you're done. <laughs> my dad, my dad, I didn't stop growing at 12, but I stopped maturing at 12. My dad, <laughs> my dad has a joke that I never was a teenager. He was always joking about I'll always be 12. And so like when I was 13, he said I was 12 and 365 days. And then like every, he would always say like, he would always do the math before he told me, he's like, happy 12th birthday. <laughs> like, I was like, you're so stupid. Like, That's hilarious. But now I think it's funny. 
because I'm 23 and it's like, oh, that's 11 years. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost double that. You're Wild. old. Yeah. You are old. I'm going to be 24, which is almost 25, which is halfway to 30. Quarter life crisis. Whoa. I better buy a convertible. <laughs> a Miata. Nate pulls up in a red Corvette. Oh. <laughs> Stingray. Yeah. Beautiful sunset this morning. Sunset. <laughs> Sunrise. Day's over. Hey, we haven't poured coffee yet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm about to put my foot in my mouth before we even start. You know that's the title of the episode. Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be B-Day Boy. Sunset at 6 a.m. <laughs> Carrots and Beats. Birthday sunset. sunset at 6 a.m. could be a cool beats. album. Like a musical album. Mm. I like new uh, Circle East album. Like the sun's rising, but it's really just set. Circle East. Don't say that name. <laughs> that it's means out- I'm going to have to do something with it. It's outlawed. This is, this is a ganker. You just got to treat it gently. Oh, maybe that's why. Treat it gently. Yep. You good? I think. Sweet. Shall we pour? Yep. You want to do the deed? (sighs) Fill me up right. Here we go. Shatter's mug. (laughs) I didn't spill. Good job. That's a win. That is a win. Makes me wonder how hard you guys usually clank. These are like our six mugs on the show. You guys are broken mugs. No. <laughs> oh, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just roll with I'm it. I'm slow this morning. I was like, yeah, six mug. Keep up. I was like, the sixth time using them? Like, what are you saying? I'm slow this morning, apparently. Well, you haven't had coffee yet. It's okay. There's forgiveness. Wait, it's like one of those, um, but first coffee. I hate that. <laughs> Get that on a poster and put it up in your apartment. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay wouldn't like that. No shot. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm undressing. I'm warm. Don't say anything. That will be the title. Carrots and Beats? Yeah. Yeah. That will be the title. For everybody who doesn't know what that means. Think about it. Anyone? Wait, did you post that on Instagram or something? You have to explain that. I'm not even on Instagram. I'll uh, I'll put on my Instagram highlight because it was a story. Mm. Look at my Instagram highlight to find out why this episode is titled Carrots and Beats. And, and like, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Shameless plug. Check out my... Patreon. We do have we do have some exciting stuff actually dropping today on a serious note. We do. Well, like it's not serious, guys. Like anything that we're really producing probably isn't fully. Yeah. If serious. you've listened to any of these episodes, we're not serious. 
about anything. You want to tell them what it is? We are launching a vlog today mm-hmm. to promote last episode, which already came out this morning. Let that sit. Your, that we sit recorded two weeks ago. Two weeks. So I'm super pumped. It's uh, something I've wanted to get as a creator and as a producer. I've wanted to get into the YouTube space. And I thought that this was a perfect opportunity to like make a vlog and just have fun. And it's goofy. And the few people that I've shown with my unlisted YouTube link have really loved it. And uh, I'm really excited. So, And if you look at my story, I leaked that link. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Who am I kidding? Who are you kidding? I'm posting date. I haven't posted in ages. <laughs> but that's up on my YouTube channel and we'll we'll link that on our we'll link it in Instagram and maybe put it in the show notes of last episode. It's it's basically a pretty typical morning for what it looks like to set up the pod. It's just us being goofballs. Yeah, which um Logan has experienced this morning. Uh-huh. Um but for all you guys who haven't been on the podcast yet. It's oh. a it's an inside look. It's like a BTS of like everything you just experienced for the last forty five minutes. That's good. I had a great time. Long time listener, avid fan. It's good to be here. Classic. A whole two months listener. Yeah, you're loyal, dude. We recorded the first one in what October? Yeah, but we released it in like December. Well, I know. Right? No, that's kind of crazy though. But that's nuts. It's almost March. Yeah. Well, I had met with Cole. And he said, we've got this idea for a podcast and we're kind of dreaming about it. And we did record an episode, but who knows where it will go. Mm-hmm. And I think like four days later, it was there. Yeah. I was pumped. That's crazy. I think at one point we had just like a, we're going to do it thing. And then we just did it. Like it, one day we were like hanging out. I think that's our personalities. Um, and especially just being like a self-driven person, which you also are. Should, do we need to introduce Jack? Oh, we, we will. Okay. We're on our way. Okay. Well, we might as well right now. <laughs> Welcome, Logan Chagdis. Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's Chag's birthday. We, uh, we, he, he has been an avid fan. He has told us how much he has loved listening and just a close friend of both of us. And an avid friend. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Um, super close, close dude. Loves the Lord so much. Um, and it's an honor. And we were texting and he's like, hey, can I like come sit in on a Monday morning when you guys record the podcast? And then I was like, yeah, like, sure. And I think I may have even said something at that time about you coming on. And then he texted me a couple of days ago just to like confirm. And he's like, hey, am I still cool to like sit in and listen? I'm like, yeah, you're you're going to be on the podcast. <laughs> you shouldn't have told him. I think I think it would have been funny Surprise if, him. if we just set up a mic by him. <laughs> just like... What is this? <laughs> it's a talk back. <laughs> it's a talk back. It's not actually routed to anything. It's just so you can talk to us. <laughs> That's funny. But we're super excited to have Logan on. Second guest uh, right after Kyle Brown, two in a row. Mm, so Good man. It's, uh, it's, it's, blessing. it's a blessing and it's super cool because we've talked about having guests since we started the podcast. And it's cool to be rolling on that. So what have you liked about, I mean, obviously other than the fact that we're friends, like what has been something that stuck out to you, like listening to, I don't know if you're like up to date or whatever, obviously probably not from this morning, but 
Has there been anything that's like been a big, massive, like big picture takeaway from like just regularly like listening to the podcast? I'm genuinely asking. It's okay if there's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. So just the idea of like taking our one-on-one coffee times and kind of putting a mic to it and saying, this is what we're going to talk about and let's really go after it and being more specific and to the point. I really value that a ton, um, especially from your guys' perspective, because you guys are guys that I respect and I look up to. But uh, the hospitality episode, that one hit me hard. I thought that was really good just in the sense of I really love hosting, but it's always like a not now and later thing. Uh, My wife and I have a pretty small apartment, so we're always like, oh, we're limited on space. But what is that to deter from the fact that we can still have people in our home? Mm-hmm. Still host rat like rad Uno games. That's what I'm saying. We went all night the other night. Jeez, I went to sleep right after that. I have PTSD from that night. That was long. <laughs> a little uh, Chagda's house rule is: anytime you draw, you have to keep drawing until you get what you can. So you end up drawing the entire deck. Yeah, probably ten times easily. It's good, and I think it works better on a one-on-one game. It does. It was an exaggeration, I'd say. Um, for me to admit that the games are short. <laughs> But they're not that long. It was long. a bad call. Ours was like an hour. <laughs> Lindsay immediately <laughs> called you on that too. She's like, no shot or these short. Yeah. <laughs> we're, t- we're playing two different games. <laughs> I guess short and long is relative though. Mm. True. Like, I don't know. It's not a finite, it's not a measurable like term, identifier of time. If you're like having a good time, it feels short. Mm. Well, short, short could, short to someone could mean five minutes. Short to another person could mean an hour. Time flies. I get in trouble with that because I'm like, people try to nail me down. Like, when does it work? I'm like, shortly. <laughs> I use that to my advantage. And then even for like the same person, sometimes it can be like the next day. Sometimes it could be like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, probably just depends on the context. Right, right. No, that's good. And, and and that was something that like we talked with Kyle a little bit about. Um, and we've been trying to we we mentioned this last episode, but brainstorm ways that we can celebrate. Yes. Because that's what he was saying Berkeley was working on. Mm. So other than celebrating your birthday, what what are you celebrating personally or together in your marriage with Lindsay or anything that is that stands out to you? I'd say rest. Um, mm. we, we joked about this this morning of like Sabbath when you're in full-time ministry. Uh, it's It's really... It has to be intentional. It's something that you really have to go after. And her and I are really good about looking at each other and saying, we're going to stop. Um, so we've just been celebrating those victories, being able to come together specifically on Sundays post-church and just enjoy one another's company without any distractions. No media, no uh, phones, no computer, no TV. We got rid of our TV, so it makes it easier. But just enjoying each other's company and making that worship um, I really think that there's something special to that. And I've just been doing a deep dive of that, whether it be in scripture or other resources. And I think it's a huge win. I've definitely learned from you guys just from like, I mean, obviously neither of us have been married that long and we're still figuring this thing out. But there are things that every time that a man and I like hang out with you guys, we're like, man, that was like really cool. And that's something that we want to take away, you know, just from like, how do you guys do that? And you, I was kind of picking your brain on a lot of stuff. You probably noticed. Mm. I, I was, uh, I noticed that. Yeah. I was just looking at everything. Like, what do you, what do you guys think about this? Have you had this and like, just asking you those types of questions, um, the other night and it was, I don't know, it's always cool. And like, 
even last night we had like a half hour before we were going to hit the hay for the night. Um, Amanda has clinicals this morning, had to get up at like 5.45. And um, we were like, you want to just like read or like hang out? And I was like totally a chag this moment. I felt like it was <laughs> like, I think we were both feeling like, you know what? That was something that I think we don't make enough time for. Mm. And that's okay to be a little bit bored and to just sit and talk, you know? I agree. Yep. Yeah. I think boredom is like, Lindsay said that the other day. She said something about being bored and it made me angry because I think boredom is like something that we've made up over time because we've become so busy and so restless that when we don't have something on the schedule and we feel uneasy, um, then we're hurried. And I can go, I can go all day about hurry, but yeah, it, we both can. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Get bored and make stuff. My wallpaper on my phone is get bored and make stuff from the video that we were going to talk about, about creativity two episodes ago. Mm. And I can send it to you. Um, and maybe we'll link it in the show notes. We don't have to like go into it, but that's basically the crux of that video too, specifically on the creativity side where, uh, I think Eric Floberg is his name. He's a YouTuber and content creator, but he, um, his whole premise of the video was that your phone and the constant consumption of things is killing your creativity and allowing yourself to be bored helps you get things done, helps you become more creative. And he didn't touch on a spiritual implication of that, but from elimination of hurry and like all of that stuff, like we know how important like that is to be bored and to like not do anything. And like when you Sabbath or something and the first couple of times you Sabbath and you like put your phone in a drawer, it's like, where's my phone? Like you feel like anxious and you like want to check it, but that boredom is like so key to like Sabbath, I think. Yeah, I agree. Dude, the hardest thing I've ever done in regards to my phone is Gmail. You guys both have email on your phone. Did you delete it? I have Spark, which is like compiles all my inboxes. Okay. Okay. So it's worse. <laughs> no. I did delete it. Nice. And it's good. Yeah. Um, it's hard. For sure. Especially there's just a lot of times where it's expected where you're like, just check your email real quick. I'm like, I don't have a computer by me, but people are like, what? Yeah. Who are you? What, I you think that's where a rock. I've thought about that recently too, because like I said, I have all my email inboxes compiled and as a business owner and a, and a freelancer, like I work off of email. Like if people email me, it's like my daily bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, it's scary to be like, you know, a disconnect from that. I think com- comes with like trust too, that it'll be okay. And that I'm not the one making things happen fully, you know? Yeah. Kind of like the idea of Sabbath, right? Like you can Sabbath because like the Lord doesn't need you. He just chooses to use you. And so when you stop, you're actually showing a reliance on like the Lord's work and, and yeah, like slowing down and like remembering that it's not like Sabbath isn't for God. <laughs> it's for us. You know, but I was thinking about the idea of rest. You're talking about it, the creativity. And I think like that's where we go naturally as creatives, which I believe everybody's a creative, by the way. I want to like, there's probably already someone who did it, like everyone's a creative or something. But I feel like rest makes us more human. And you know what I mean? Like, as far as like what all that means. But it, but when you think about what all that means, like relationships and creativity is a part of that. Um, 
But when you're when you're bored and your mind can wander, like and you're not always intaking, then there's a capacity to reflect, reflect and ponder and and there needs to be enough intake where it's where you're not in a bubble, right? Like as as a creative, especially like if oh, if you're stuck on a project, maybe go look at what someone else did, and then it'll inspire you to do something else. But when you're constantly intaking to the point that we have at our fingertips all the time. Like it used to be like you'd have to go to the library and do hard work to intake, you know, and to see, I talked about this last episode with Kai, like to see all of your friends and what they're doing at, at every moment is not natural. And so what that creates is that fear, like, you know, FOMO, like where you're like, I'm not good enough or I need to be working harder or doing what I can to get ahead or be efficient in every moment. That's where I struggle is like, I need to be efficient with my time in every moment because I could always be doing something. But I don't know. I think yeah. I think a bigger than creativity, it's like rest makes you human. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah. The simplest thing I've ever heard, but pretty profound. Steve Dudzik, shout out, men's group, Berkeley Hills Church, wise sage of a man. He said, you're a human being, not a human doing. And I'm sure that's been plastered over and over throughout books. And But to your point, like, being, abiding, being present, living in moments, not worrying about the day ahead because today has enough worry of its own. I think all that ties in really well of, yes, love and action, but love is two things, verb, adjective, it's descriptive, and going. So what does it look like for me to be rather than to do? And I get caught up in that too, of I need to do, 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 especially as someone that is in ministry, it's we fundraise our salary. It's like a missional concept. So in order for me to appropriately, quote unquote, steward that money well that other people are giving me, I feel like I need to do exponentially more than what I actually need to do, which is just be with the Father and trust. And that's not to say I need to go into the forest and pray for eight hours every day and just be like, I'm not doing anything with my time. But there is time for that. There is soul care and necessity in prayer, abiding, being in the word and just being faithful. And I think a lot of that comes from being, which is the hardest thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah. I think um, on this topic of conversation, Logan Johns said this uh, last night uh, and it reminded me of that, but the idea that reflection breeds revelation mm. Um, and that's also something that Kyle talks about in J-Men and at Berkeley, but that idea that we need to be, in Kyle's language, um, mining our own story um, and reflecting on our own story, reflecting on where we've been. Um, and I think being bored gets us to that place. Like you said, like being human, like I've even, uh, like recently, it's like I, my mind has like, it's there's so much noise and it's so busy where I get to the end of the day and I'm like, what did I do today? But wanting to intentionally set like even just a half hour to like sit and like stare at the wall and just like think about the day and whether that's even in like prayer and like gratitude, but reflecting on the day, reflecting on the week or the month or even the year and your, your story and your testimony, you know, and where you've been allows us to see God working like in and through all of those things. 
to then kind of have revelation about those things and, and learn from those things and look at the past and analyze it. And we, all three of us are very introspective people, which is why I love you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just thinking too about like, we're all going to die someday. And like the Lord cares about how we've lived, you know, not what we've done until we die. So like my focus is like, like for you, it's raising your salary. For me, it's similar, but in a different context, (laughs) raising my salary could be calling a client or somebody or, you know, getting to that email that could be answered tomorrow morning. Um, when I'm like, Oh, I just need to get ahead or I need to do this like today. And like, there's, like you said, you can't become a monk. You know, I don't think that's what God's calling us to either. He's calling you to, as we talked about again in last episode, this theme of like a, a quiet, diligent life of hard work, but like rest, you know? And so I don't know, like it just, it just makes me, it, it makes me actually like relaxed, you know, because the pressure isn't all on me to, to perform. Oh yeah. Fill me up. But I think that I I think especially like in like, I don't know if this is an American culture thing we think as Americans, but like just the idea of like being busy, like Kyle was saying again, um, like it's a, it's a, it's a bag of honor. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, it's like, Oh no, I'm like, I'm getting stuff done and I'm important and important people are busy. Um, when another freaking quote from that, from the Michael Hyatt full focus planner, it said, uh, the most successful people like say the most no's. I was like, Ooh, I'm not that successful then because I'm saying so many yeses. And obviously there's a season for that. Like we're trying to get Amanda through nursing school right now and we're both kind of grinding. She's working on homework at night. And so there is a little bit of a season right now for us. That's hard to rest because we're at a pace where she's in an accelerated nursing program. And um, I'm trying to like, continue the momentum of the companies, but that doesn't mean that we can't rest at all. And like, I think it's more important that we are resting, not like how much we can we rest and how can we compare that to the Chagduses? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Cause then there's the other danger of like comparison of like, you know, yeah. we could twist any good thing and like make it like yeah. a competition or like comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Please. Okay. Why um, are, why are our guests constantly getting in the driver's seat? <laughs> yeah, Kyle started hosting. Kyle asked <laughs> us a question too. <laughs> you guys opened it up. He's uh the best leaders ask questions. Um I learned that from Kyle. Mm-hmm. Leaders are readers. God, bro. Um love that. Question is of your core practices that you actively live out or pursue, what is the hardest? AKA Sabbath, sound, solitude, prayer, fasting. If all of these are not something that you're actually pursuing, then tell me what is and what's the hardest. I'm curious. We had a conversation about fasting for me and wanting to make that weekly. I've done it before. And so it's, it's almost like it's not hard to do it. It's, it's starting to do it and like make it a habit. Um, but, um, I would say right now, Sabbath, 
Sabbath is is the hardest for me. Uh, being done with school, having so much time on my hands, and seeing a lot of uh, provision and success in in what I'm doing and just my job and freelancing and working with minimal. There's there's so much going on and trying to figure out this new balance and like the new rhythm of like the day to day where I don't have the structure and routine of a week of school to like kind of lay the, lay the groundwork for how I'm spending my time. I have to reevaluate and, you know, be that extra little bit intentional about my time structure, uh, week to week. Um, I, I'm an introvert and like silence and solitude kind of happen. Like I know that, I need that to kind of recharge. I do think that those things are still noisy. I don't think it's true, genuine si- silence and solitude where it's like intentional time. But being alone um, and and like I said, like wanting to have more of those reflection times, I think that's coming. I think that's like my next thing that I want to like try to incorporate. Um, but yeah, I, I would say right now for me, that's definitely Sabbath is is the hardest one uh, right now. Yeah, me too. I uh, I was just thinking about why that is. And I think, like you said, you have, like, as somebody who doesn't have a boss and doesn't have a lot of structure, you're similar because you're, you're in relational ministry. Like, you're at basketball games at, like, seven at night and stuff. You know, and, like, your schedule varies week to week and especially time of day, which is very difficult. I think, naturally, as humans, like, the work day is not a thing, you know. Um, I try to make the work day as much of a thing as I can. I think that the Sabbath is hard for me because I've said too many yeses and not necessarily that I need to say no's to those opportunities in general, but I need to say not right now. Like, Oh, I'd love to work with you on this stuff. Like, but I'm backed up three weeks so I can get to this in two weeks and I'll be 100% there for you when I'm working on your stuff versus 10% working on your project, 10% working on someone else's. And I'm learning how to do that. That's a problem that's derived from a good thing, which is I have work. <laughs> the Lord's been providing, right? Like being busy, quote unquote, not in the bad way as a freelancer is like great problem to have. Now it's like, how am I, how can I be a, a good producer of this work? So I think for me, I think that I need to work on just more structure. And I mean, even within minimal, Cole and I have been working on that. Um, Cole is passionate about structure as people who know Cole. Um, and I think some of those things have like, I just haven't had time to implement because I've been so busy getting the work done that it's been a little bit of like emergency mode versus like, no, like these are going to be structured. And so then I, then you can have structured and protected rest and then come back to your work and do it even that much better yeah. and more efficient. You know, like it's, it's kind of the thing I, I talked to Cole the other day. I missed his call because I was napping at 2.30 in the afternoon. And you never take naps. No, <laughs> I'm not. An, I don't like stopping what I'm doing and nap. But I was like working. I got, I, was, I got started early that morning. I think at like 6 or 6.30 on like mixing. And I was like grinding on these projects until like 11.30. And I was just like feeling so dragged. And I was like, I just got to push through. Just got to push through, you know, like you're on a long hike and you just got to grind it out. Which sometimes is the case, right? You got to grind it out. Um, but at 2.30, I was realizing I was being less productive by ignoring my body telling me I needed to rest. Um, 
Amanda got home. We napped for like an hour and a half. I got up and like finished my work in like two hours. It's like, so what would have happened if I just like had an intentional structured rest? Would I have been able to just that morning hit everything that for that whole day? Like, I don't know. Like those are the things that I'm thinking more about. Right. And it comes, it comes person to person too. It's like everyone's rest and like, quiet time is a perfect example of that like everyone's quiet time and how they spend time with the lord like looks different but how about for you i'm very passionate about this as cole may know already but um rest specifically has been something that i've been trying to figure out Uh, i would say silence and solitude i am i'm on the border what is the term for right in between introvert extrovert ambivert yeah that's right that's exactly yeah i'm an amphibian reptile (laughs) I, you breathe through through your skin. I do. Okay, I guess gills. I take it all in. Don't tell them. <laughs> um, yeah, but silence and solitude. It's a matter for me of I can get to a quiet place and I can be dead silent and I can recharge from not being with anyone. But my mind is racing. There's unrest yeah. in my head. Um, I'm good at physically resting. I can sit there. Example: This morning. I was feeling extremely convicted last night. I was finishing up a book called An Unhurried Life by Alan Spaulding. Check it out if you haven't. Um, it was talking about Jesus withdrawing to the quiet place, the eremos. It's like solitary place, wilderness. It's translated so many different ways in the Greek. But often, more often than not, it was early in the morning when no one was around before the day. And I think there's something special about sunrises. That's why everybody wants to watch them when they have an opportunity to. You mean sunsets? Yeah, sunsets. Got them. Six six, six a.m. sunsets. <laughs> Fire. Um, but yeah, I just sat there. Like I went for a walk at it was four. I woke up at four fifty and I like went for a walk and it was around Cornerstone University's campus because we live right there. And we went out, went around the pond. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it was pitch black and it's kind of spooky, but Oof. you get back and I just literally sat on my couch and I stared at my wall and closed my eyes, sat upright for forty minutes, and I just tried so hard to focus only on the idea of the cross. And I had the most vivid picture that I've ever had of Jesus being crucified. And it made me so emotional, but so thankful. And I've never sat and taken that in because I always think, oh, I need this hour that I have before my day starts to be restful, to be with Jesus, to be in prayer, to be reading the scriptures. But then by the time it's all done, I'm like rushing out the door and I'm completely dismissing the concept of an unhurried life. So Silence and solitude is something I'm really trying to practice. I feel like I've been in a season of study, just really taking in all that I can, but I haven't really been able to implement everything that I want. But there's something about that, waking up in gratitude, entering his course with thanksgiving and praise before anything else, and just being focused on the prayer element and thinking the time for study and scripture is going to come. I'm going to make sure of that. But right now, I'm just going to be with the Father. Because if Jesus needed it, how much more do I need it? How are you going after quieting your mind mm. in the noise? Like, like other than just focus, other than just like focus, because I think I was actually having a conversation with somebody else about that. Um, where it's just like, I, for something for me, for example, is like when I want to spend time with the Lord and my mind is busy, I'll like, I'll call that out, like in the form of like a prayer, like Jesus, my mind is so busy right now. Like help me to focus on you. And sometimes that kind of does the trick, air quotes, uh, but um, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I think, I think big picture, a lot of this can come back to how much time are we consuming? How much time are we on our phones and kind of 
training our brains to think in that fast paced like consumption way where we can't focus. But for you, how are you how are you running after silence and solitude in the aspect of quieting your mind and getting to that place of stillness where where you can focus? Mm. I think we're built for relationship and the fact that it is so hard for me to spend copious amounts of time with the father as an idea of this is a relationship makes me frustrated. So that in itself makes motivation. Yeah. But what you said is, is I think right on the nose, it's quieting my mind through contemplative prayer or even meditation, like you can take that for what you want. But if you meditate on a psalm and you repeat it back to you, like for, for J-Men, what we often memory ref- verse. refer to, yeah, there's a memory verse. But even more than that, you take a psalm like Psalm 25, 4 and 5. Classic. Yeah. And it's, um, show me your ways, Lord. Uh, teach me your path. Yeah. yeah. Guide me in truth and teach me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just saying that over and over until you're focused and you're centered and you're only thinking about one picture. Like I try and find one picture. But then when you do that, there's this whole method of breathing. The I'm breath not, prayer? The breath prayer. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, I'm just exploring this for myself. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I was I, just curious if there was like any little things. Yeah. I remember uh, in spiritual formation in Decker's class talking about breath prayer. Yeah. And we did it as a class for like five minutes. It's and it was really like, good. Everyone was kind of like, whoa. There's like, power in breath. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's forgotten. If, if it is God breathe the word of God. And then we also have the breath of life given to us from the start of creation. There's something tying. Like the actual word for breath is spirit. Like mm. ruach. Um, mm. it is, there's something intimately connected between the two that I think is dismissed. And there's a lot of power. And that's why we feel so alive and connected when we read the word of God. Mm. I think just like anything, it's a discipline. You know, yeah. like going to the gym. Like learning. Yeah, training your mind how to be quiet. Renewal. It'll get easier. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and like, obviously, the there's a lot of areas that will screw it up along the way. Like, what we're focusing on needs to be right, holy, pure scripture, like meditation on scripture and the truth of God's word. But then also, like, the time that we set apart needs to be like, there's so many ways that we can screw it up. Yeah. But I, but I would argue that, like, the Father just wants us to try, mm. you know, like... He doesn't want us to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So even in like, even in doing these things, it's like, it's more important that you're, that you're showing up, whether it's for five minutes, like we talked about last time, like that's what the Lord wants. Like he doesn't want, he doesn't want us to figure it out Mm -hmm. because we won't. And if that's the goal, then we'll never get there. Yeah. I, uh, so Berkeley is in this series or was about a disciple is and kind of the example has been this like a uh, trail map and like a hiking map and there's the different stages along the way. And I was, I was talking to one of my really close friends about this uh, in his faith journey. And um, he, he was talking about, he's so passionate about being disciplined and getting to that next spot, like in his faith. But I could tell that it just wasn't like he just wasn't in the best like headspace, heart space, like mood, attitude, like all of that stuff. And we had this conversation and I was like, and I was preaching to myself and like, it's such a good reminder because something you said was a a while ago in a conversation, I think we were at a friend's house or Bible study that was like, life isn't about self-improvement. 
And I was like, whoa. And so the, I was having this conversation with my buddy and I told him that. Um, but I was like, dude, I feel like if, if we're going with this analogy of our walk with Christ is this hike, I told him, I was like, I feel like you're not enjoying the hike. Like, and yeah, like the hike isn't going to be easy all the time. Like it's not going to be beautiful scenery. It's going to be rainy and snowy and you're sleeping on the ground and like wet snow and like negative 10 degrees. It's like, it's not like the best all the time. And that's, that's the nature. There's mountains and there's valleys. That's how it's going to be. But we can take solace wherever we are and just stop and reflect and, and look at the Lord in whatever spot we're in. And I, I told him, I was like, dude, I feel like you're just not enjoying the walk. I feel like you're not realizing the walk, like for what it is. You're so focused on getting to that next post, that next like fork in the road or that next like campsite. You're so focused on that, which is good. You've conquered the hill. But there's a line there. It's like we have to be diligent about being disciplined and getting to that next spot, but we also can't have that be the crux of our walk with Christ. It's not about the self-improvement. Christ wants to do that through us. But just like you were saying, he's like, he just wants us to abide. Like he just wants us to rest in him and like come back in him. Mm. And like I said, like I was preaching to myself in that because how often am I like, man, I'm ready. I, I want to take this next step of discipline with fasting or silence and solitude. And it's like, am I doing this because it's the next thing on my list? Or am I doing this out of a genuine heart posture of wanting to spend time with the father and like let him minister to me? It's good. Yeah. That's what I struggle with. I don't want it to become legalistic. Yep. I don't want it to be a checkbox. But what to what you said, it is a walk. Mm-hmm. And that's... It's not a run. The pace of grace. Like Jared Blaukamp, a good, wow. a good friend of mine. And I think both of you know Shoot. him. Yeah, Jared. He, I love that guy. <laughs> I love him so much. He just, he lights up my life. You know, you don't he say, lights you, up everyone. You life. don't say that about other men very often, but I'm not ashamed to say it. Jared Blaukamp, you light up my life. <laughs> but he said... He was just given this this image over and over in his mind of uh, just just taking the sails. Like he put up sails in a boat mm. and he was just sailing at the pace of grace. And it was like, he's ready. He knows what he needs to do. He's going by faith and the wind's going to take him at whatever speed it wants because it's by the spirit. And I was like, dang, and I'm over here in this speedboat, like crank, cranking my engine, trying yeah. to like keep going. Yep. Um, have you guys ever read... Anything from the Emotionally Healthy series, Peter Scazzaro, Mm-mm. author and pastor. I'm not as well read as you. That's one thing that I want to be someday. Mm. Fun fact for you. I don't think when I, I grow up. I, I don't think in college I read a single book. And but after the fact. Yeah. And now it's like voraciously attacking anything and everything you can. Um, Any page that has text on it, Logan kills. <laughs> but only spiritual formation. Uh, emotionally healthy leadership, psychology, like a very selective reader. Mm. People often see me, they're like my birthday, for instance, people are gifting me books. And I've been given books that people are like, oh, I really enjoy this. I think you would. And if it's something like a, a memoir, it takes me, a, my mom gave me a memoir and I'm really excited to read it. But I've had it for over a month now. Depends on who it's about, I feel like. Yeah. On that. This one is good. Strikes your interest. But yeah, it comes down to interest. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Peter Scazzaro, he wrote numerous books, Emotionally Healthy Leader, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And he talks all about your emotional health 
is concurrent. Congruent? Mm-hmm. Concurrent? Two I'm not words. sure. Wherever you're headed, we'll have to figure it out. It is paired. It's in parallel with. Yeah, that's sure. great. It is in parallel with spiritual maturity. So if you're emotionally unhealthy, you cannot be spiritually mature, which mm. is something that I missed for a really, really long time. Wow. It was like, oh, my emotional health has nothing to do with where I want to be with the Lord right. because I know what my convictions are. And even though I'm not actively mm. pursuing them, I know what they are inside me. But then outwardly, I'm displaying so much emotional unhealth that there's unrest in my soul and in my relationships. Wow. Therefore, no one can actually see me as a spiritual, mature person, person leader, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, wow. that was really, really humbling to read. And so I've been doing, um, if you guys have something to this, I would love to hear it. But on top of it, I have somewhere else we can go with it too. So go there, unless you got someone. I just wanted to touch on that. That's really crazy. Just in thinking about Amanda's in nursing school right now, and she's learning so much about the body and like biological causes of mental distress and emotional distress. And for a long time, I think that the church like, took every physical thing and made it a spiritual thing. But I think now what we do is we totally separate the two because like science and like the body is there's a biological explanation that doesn't affect the spiritual when it's so intertwined, even like, are you exercising and are you like, like, do you have like some sort of antibiotic, like, like sometimes like bacterial, like infections affect how your mind thinks and how you express yourself to other people. It's like, so crazy intricate how like I don't think it's one or the other right like there's definitely a tension that the Lord has like made us emotional and spiritual and other than the body but it's it's equally wrong to elevate the spirit over the body and the body over the spirit so Mm -hmm. that's really interesting is is that I've been kind of meditating on that tension and like trying to figure out like if I'm mad is it something because like I'm like I'm hungry or is it a physical thing or is it like I'm, is there an emotional cause or a relational or is it like spiritual? So it's really, I feel like almost you have to nail down your diagnosis. Mm. Mm. Not to, I don't know where you were headed, but that is what I was thinking about. That's exactly like the root of anxious tendencies, I think is the best way to describe it in my own life. Just thinking through, why do I feel the way that I feel? Am I separating things that are meant to be together? And I think John Mark Comer specifically talked about this in either Live No Lies or Ruthless Elimination of Hurry um, because he is very open with his own battle of anxiety and just unrest. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really encouraging to hear him as a leader and a pastor, someone that takes spiritual formation very seriously into heart and the steps that he's taken through his books help us practically live that out today. But all that to say, he, um, specific to like, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? He said that back when we were in the time of all these ancient philosophers, it was never meant to be separate. It was like somebody that was looked to as a philosopher, a theologian, a spiritual director. It was all intertwined. Mm -hmm. And that's why it all leads back to the church. But over time, secular culture, westernization, like all these things have separated them drastically. And now I think that is why we're in one of the most anxious Mm. driven times mm. in society in in the world um just because we're trying so hard to find roots that aren't actually truly at the root mm-hmm. and all that to say like speaking of roots and being deeply planted going back to peter scazzaro he talks about genograms i think i've talked to you guys about this a little bit maybe cool but it's essentially a family tree but it looks at behavioral patterns such as addiction sexual uh sin 
um, just anger, like anything you can look at from the third to fourth generation. Like when the Lord used to talk about in all throughout the Old Testament, like blessings and curses that would be to the third and fourth generation, we just completely dismiss that. And yes, with the new covenant, like some things often are overlooked, but when you really think about it, trek all the way back to your great, great, great grandparents, if you can, and really look at and think about what it is in my family history that has been going on up until me and what am I here for to break that generational blessing or curse or pattern. Mm-hmm. Like I've been trying to dissect this for a couple of weeks now and I've been talking to family members that I haven't connected with in a while, um, which is my own fault. And I'm finding there's a lot of addiction, a lot of anxiety, a lot of affairs, a lot of divorces, um, and specifically just a lot of sexual sin. And in my early years of walking with the Lord, that was like the biggest thing that I struggled with, the transition that I couldn't find a way out from because I was trying everything out of my own strength and Mm. I wasn't really looking at the root of what it always was. So I think there's something there about finding rest, finding real inner transformation, and essentially just being with the Father that ties back to who you are to see where you're going to go. Yeah. That was was profound. Is that idea of willpower? Mm. placing the strength on yourself is ultimately you're going to fail. Yeah. I had a thought about the gene, like the family tree and like genealogies and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think too, the thing to keep in mind is like what the family functioned as during the time that there were curses and blessings of the third and fourth generation. And also understanding the metaphor, the like metaphor too about family and like how we're all sons of Abraham now because of, the Christ. Yeah. Um, but understanding that like family back then was like community and culture. And like, those were like, you know, like, especially like if you were nomadic or like not in a city, like you were around your cousins and your second cousins and your brother's uncles and like whatever, Mm, you know what I mean? Like, so when they were saying that your family would be cursed to the third and fourth generation, they were talking about your town, like your community your culture like it wasn't just like the four of you like mom and dad and the two you know what i mean like and that's i think the way that we view family has been changed absolutely but also looking at like i almost think that and i don't know of anything specific but i wonder if if to accurately translate some of those ideas of family if it would be more like if we would understand it better as community or like your community will be cursed or like blessed Because even thinking about how we interact with like culture, and this has also changed with them being connected to too many people in my mind, (laughs) like your community is, you're trying to figure out your identity. We've talked about identity and it's kind of hard to understand that back then it was like, no, I am son of Abraham or I am this, and this is my clear identity. These are the blessings and curses of my family. This is what I have to work with. But now it's like, there's not that. And I think that we seek that in culture. We seek that in Mm. like the world. And we try like as believers to tie ourselves to those things. And, and I see specifically like our community, our culture reaping what they sowed right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the tension and anxiety is a result of, of a like, and not again, not again to over spiritualize like, um, the, like the country as a whole. Um, but I think that there is a spiritual aspect that has been long ignored and we're starting to reap the long-term disasters that we've, like the bad seed that we've planted. Yeah, I would agree fully. <laughs> I mean, good. man, 
I like I said at the beginning, this is something I could go all day about because it's not like it's not a one fix all type of thing. Like, oh, hey guys, you're listening. Make sure you find rest, Sabbath, yeah. and the, the the core practices that right. we hold to. But I think there's a lot of unrest initially in finding that rest. Yep. So it is a process. It is a journey, and you're walking, but it's intentional. And intentionality is hard. It's really hard. I tell Lindsay this all the time when we're trying to cultivate new friendships, like cultivating a community from what we want, where we want to go. Like with you guys, we went out for my birthday the other night. That was amazing. Um, but it's like years of groundwork of like, I met you through Josh Davis at a bonfire at Josh Slater's house. And from that, didn't know what to expect. We found a commonality, started hanging out more and more. I think it was right before you went hiking, you went to the Appalachian Trail and I was in the car with you like the day before and you're like, we have a spot open because I told you that it was my dream to through hike it. And you were like, really? And from that, we did a couple camping trips together and now both married, both chasing after what we think the Lord has for us in this moment and doing it alongside one another with our wives. And then through that, Cole, you guys had a connection and I had just seen you on stage mm-hmm. at chapels and it's like, yeah. I want to be friends with that guy. Like I inject myself into situations because I see culture that I want to cultivate in my mm. own life. Like I admire you guys. I admire your tendencies. I admire your structure, your passion for structure. I admire your drive and your motivation and your like-mindedness. But all to say like the intentionality that it takes to actually get to where we are now, where we're sitting here and we're able to celebrate things together. Uh, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of like deep motivation of I mm. want this even if I feel unwanted at times not to say that I have from you guys For but sure. I I was telling Lindsay this like she desires friendships with a couple of different people and they're just in the beginning stages and she kind of sometimes will see like what I have created over my four years at Cornerstone or in college and I was like man if only you knew like if only you knew at the beginning how alone I felt and how deeply I wanted the relationships I have now to be what they were. And how much those things change. Yes. I think that is the thing that I have really doesn't realized. Doesn't stay the same. Yeah. Doesn't stay the same. And the real, the reality is friendships come and go. Yeah. And relationships come and go. Yeah. And praise God for the ones that stick really, really hard. I'm pointing at these two for everyone who can't see. Uh, praise God for those. Uh, and hold on to those. Mm. Uh, I remember in my capstone class, um, we were talking about kind of this aspect and uh, one of the uh, kids said, um, you know, I'd rather, as speaking of friendships and relationships, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And I, I like took that straight to heart. I was like, holy cow. Like that's, that's what I want. Mm. Like that's, that's just how I operate personally. And it's not to say that it's wrong to have a hundred pennies, but then maybe ask yourself like how intentional can you be with a hundred people instead of four people? Yeah. Or five people or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's, that's just something that's so like keen to me. Um, but yeah, it's like, even for me, it's like, I I have a little bit of debt, like coming out of school. And one thing that I always tell people, you know, getting to this conversation is like, that entire amount of money is worth one friendship that mm. I have come out of Cornerstone with. Like it's worth our friendship. It's worth mm-hmm. our friendship like hundred times over. And it's like, it, it's so like- When you die, you're not going to carry your debt with you, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Dude, Josh Davis. Dude, shout out Joshy Davis. Joshy. Joshy. Oh, I love that guy. Joshy. Um, one Miss of the, you. Get to Grand Rapids, dude. Yeah, what are you doing? Get over here. Come on. My guy. Come here. Uh, hey, Siri, come here. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first things that we talked about um, when I met him my sophomore year of college was I'm paying for an experience. He kept saying that to me over and over. And I was like, well, that's a lot of money for an experience, brother. But he was right. Like everything that come out of that, I would not be even remotely close to where I am now without the formative years of college, but more specifically with the community yep. that I found there. Yep. Um, and I, I, yeah. I would say as far as even just thinking about like wanting to be friends, like you said, Lindsay was kind of processing like, a two-way street yeah it is it's not a one-way street and dude she is she's so good about it yeah like she is oh i love her and she's she's listen she's gonna listen to this and i just wanted to say like she is extremely intentional and she puts in the hard work but it is a level of like two-way and you have to be wanted and she is wanted and i think that's hard to believe sometimes because when you feel like you're putting in more work it just takes a conversation Mm -hmm. um it's also an understanding of like where that person's at too. Like not even necessarily like if they desire like sometimes like relationships aren't 50 50 marriages aren't 50 50. No, you know And that's one thing that I've learned too. Like Noah asked us, what is the thing you've learned? I was like, I don't know. That's a hard question. People always ask you, you know, but I'm as a, that one thing that I have learned is that there's going to be seasons where I need to support Amanda more than she needs to support me. And there's going to be seasons where she needs to support me more than more than I can support her. Yes. And the beauty of it is that we're doing it together. And when my pack is too heavy to carry, if she's, she's going hard, then like she can grab a few things and vice versa, you know? And so there's like, there's been times where like, and, and it, then it's not fair. Right. And pe- people are always like, I want this to be fair. And, and, you know, and I think that secular culture too is like, I think that's why people get divorced is like, they're expecting it to be 50-50. Like, I'm putting this in and I'm going to get this back. It's like, that's not what it's about, man. There's joy in suffering. And I think we're meant to live in self-denial. Um, that sounds terrible, but I'm just going to, it's the hard no, truth. No, it's, it's true. It's the hard truth, especially in marriage. The best thing that I ever got premarital life uh, from Kyle Brown. I was like, hey, I'd love to sit down, talk to you, learn from you. have been married for 20 years, been pastoring a church for 20 years. I respect you. I admire your marriage. He sat me down. I think I said four words and it was 45 minutes. He drew a diagram. He just went all out. And I think I, I didn't even ask a question. I just said, I want to talk about marriage. And he just went like, let's go. And he, he drew a timeline and he said, a lot of people say, meet me in the middle. Like, come on, meet me halfway. And that's not a concept in marriage. Like you're saying, it's not 50, 50. He's saying exactly like you give a hundred percent of yourself and she gives a hundred percent of herself. Sometimes her 100% might look smaller if you put it on a scale. Exactly. It is still all that she can give you, but you might be able to compensate for that extra room in your 100% because your capacity is higher in that moment. And I was like, wow. He said, if you ever do anything in your marriage, outserve your wife. He said, if you were ever to fight about anything, you should fight about who's serving who more. And we literally have had not arguments, but discussions of like, let me serve you. And we've yelled at each other in our kitchen of like, I'm doing the dishes. No, you're doing the, like (laughs) she makes the bed every morning. And that is like my least favorite thing to do, but I love having it made. That's, that's self-denial. Like she's just giving up her time because she knows it's something that I love and appreciate. Mm. Uh, If I have a chance to beat her to it, I'll do it. But 
she she rarely lets me. No, and I and I, and about the intentionality there too. Like for for me and Amanda, like she's a nursing school and now accelerated program, and so like and that was like a month or two into our marriage, and we're still figuring things out. And like I have a flexible schedule, so I had to learn pretty quickly. Like, okay, like if you're doing homework tonight, like. I know that you also want the house clean, but you don't have time to clean it. Like get off my butt and pick up a few things, you know, like those types of things that like I wouldn't initially think of. And you probably learned the hard way a couple of times, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's anyone who's married would know what I'm talking about, but um, that intentionality there. And even going back to what we were talking about, about friendships changing over time, I feel like the people that you really want, like lifelong friends, those are the people that you go out of your way to make sure that that doesn't change. Right. And that goes back to like the service that goes back to the self-denial, right? It's probably not as extreme as a marriage. It should not be as extreme as a marriage. Um, but it is to the point where you're like, yeah, if they move two hours away, like you're willing to go drive there to spend an hour with them. You know, that type of like, I want you to be in my life kind of thing where you make that a priority. And again, you can't do that with a hundred people. You can't drive all over the country for everybody that you want to be yeah. with. But like you guys are people that like, I know that if I broke my car at 3am and I called, you know, you guys would get up and pick me up and drive me. Cole and I talked about this three days ago. We met or sat- uh, Saturday. Yesterday. Yeah. Was it yesterday? Or two days ago. Two Saturday. days ago. He, Saturday. my car has had ongoing problems for the last couple of months and, um, praise the Lord for family. Uh, my, I guess you just call him my uncle, my uncle-in-law. He owns a body shop in Holland, 40 minute drive, inconvenient to me in my busyness. But when I am taking the time to be intentional and thinking, well, I'm going to see family and I'm going to get a trusted diagnosis of what's going on. Long story short, I needed to go pick up my car before they closed at like 6 p.m. And Lindsay was in a class and the only person that I could think of was Cole. And he dropped everything and drove me to Holland and back. And it was like, that's what separates friendship from acquaintanceship. It's like, He's willing to do that because he longs for that time and he's intentional and it's just, it's really, really good. And that's something that I hold dear, near and dear to my heart because I appreciate it. And there might be seasons, I don't know, I might call it the car test, but there might be seasons where like, you're not spending as much time with each other, but you know, if you would call them, then they would do that. Yeah. And, I feel and like we those weren't. Are, mm-hmm. We yeah. weren't. Yeah. That's so true. And those are like the friends that I feel like if you are trying to figure out in your life, listeners, if you're trying to figure out who to invest in. If you're trying to figure out who it is, like you're, you don't know, like if this person and not to say that you need to like cut off everyone that wouldn't do that for you. You just need to recognize that and pour into those relationships accordingly because you only have so much capacity to give and you shouldn't expect so much from somebody who isn't willing to give you like not necessarily give you. It's not about what you get, but it's, it's about their mentality towards you and what in me and helping you meet a need. So don't be going a hundred percent towards somebody who isn't even going to like help you when you need it, because those are people that you got to be okay with being acquaintances. And you know what? The reason that they might not be able to pick you up is because they're already picking somebody else up. So it's not necessarily even like a, like a negative, negative thing towards that person who isn't able to give you that at the time. Things change. That could be the case in the future. But right now, if you can think of those people who would pick you up, I think that's a pretty good test to figure out like, Oh, should I make sure that I'm pouring into these friendships? Mm -hmm. Even if it's twice a year, you know what I mean? To have intentional time. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. 
Good stuff. That's you're just, good. you're lighting up right now in the sun. Dude, I am basking in the sun. You look good, brother. Vitamin D. I feel like a dog that just like lay down in like the one strip of sunlight, like in the living room. Like we could take a page out of a dog's book and just learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Our coffee's gone. <laughs> that it is. Logan, we're so grateful to have you here. Mm, this was such a joy. Thanks for being here, and thank you guys for listening. I'm uh, I'm ex- I'm excited about the future. It's it's been cool to have like, obviously we've only had two guests on, but it's a totally different dynamic. Um, and I think it probably just depends on everything, but it's really fun. Some nice longer episodes, uh, allow us to get into some deeper things. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. So we hope you guys enjoy listening as much as we enjoy talking, uh, for this amount of time. And like Nate said, we're excited for the future and make sure like this isn't, yes, it's a personal plug, but like, we don't care how many people we have subscribed to us, but if you find value in this, we're posting every other week at 6 a.m. Um, so make sure you've like followed us and turn on your notifications because like I said last time or a couple of times ago, sometimes we forget to post about it and like we don't want you to even be on Instagram looking at our stuff really. So if you can get it directly from where we're coming from, so Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us, make sure that you get notified when we post. Um, we're doing it regardless if you see that we're doing it or not. So check back in um, and we'll try and be better about staying up to date on stuff and and making sure that there's that community and figure out ways to continue to get you guys involved in the conversation. Like we said with Kyle, like it'd be cool to like have one celebration for somebody who's not here every episode. Like, Hey, we heard Mm -hmm. this story. We want to highlight this for like two minutes here. Say thank you to them. Whatever they, whatever is going on. That's cool. Praise the Lord. That isn't of whoever's here and you know, to help maybe foster that community that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. So Super yeah, good. we're thankful for you guys. Thankful for this space. We get to record at Local Legend Recording. Thank you, in, Josh. In Grand Rapids. Thank you, Josh. Beautiful spot. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's so comfortable. It's just a joy to be here and um, Truly. and drink good coffee and have good conversations. So until next time, Logan's on. <laughs> Carrots and beets, baby. Carrots and beets. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. Good stuff. That's great. Thanks. Are we podcasting? Humble beginnings. (laughs) Are we podcasting?